the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses reach, heads bowed down. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If you don't know about the show, the show's in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. It's avoiding probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. And to answer indirectly a question that we got, what's the difference between elder law and general law? Well, basically, general law would cover everything. Elder law specifically, we're usually dealing with protecting assets for the elderly, possibly getting them the benefits. You know, a lot of times people, uh, the way the bureaucracy works right now, it's almost impossible to get through the bureaucracy if you want to apply for benefits. And that's part of what we do, applying for benefits for the elderly. And if you're one of those questions, please give us a call at Connors and Sullivan, and you're more than welcome to do that. Today, we have, you know, I'm accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hi, everybody. And one of our attorneys, Mike Tanousis. Hello, everyone. Okay. And we're going to have a, a couple of guests on. We're going to have Admiral Stravitas, and he's going to be talking about 10 great admirals in history. And, you know, like a start off with him. We know we, we've done a lot of shows about generals, but very few about admirals. So we're going to try to address that tonight. We're going to be talking to one of our favorite guests, Father Paul, and he's going to tell us about the latest developments in Lebanon and his comments on President Trump and the problem with Christians in the Middle East. So everybody always loves Father Paul, so we'll get to him in a few minutes. There's one point of sadness. One of our best friends from the Civil War Roundtable, Bud Robertson, passed away. We saw him a couple of times last year. He was at the 25th anniversary of the movie Gettysburg. I mean, if 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 anyone is on Facebook or you can look up um, Ask the Lawyer um, or the Civil War Roundtable of New York on Facebook, there is a wonderful obituary from Texas, I mean, from uh, Virginia Tech about him, where he was a professor for so many years. And one of the things that they just said, he, he was able to bring history to life from different points of view, which is very important. Um, if a historian has a bias and is unable to see history through different people's eyes, then they're just not that good. And he was brilliant. He saw things through everybody's lens. And he was one of those guys who really stood up against political correctness in academia. And he had one of the fa- most famous quotes I remember about him. The reason the battles in academia are so fierce is that the stakes are so low. 
<laughs> just oh goodness he was he was wonderful i'm so sad i'm so sorry for his family so he is you know keep him in his prayer He'll be missed yeah but at least he lived a long life so we can take gratitude in that right okay let's try to get to our uh estate planning questions mike why don't you read the the first question you have on deck there yes this is a two-part question uh the first part is as a power of attorney am i legally obligated to produce bank account statements for my siblings. Okay, I guess two is siblings or whatever, not four is siblings. But yes. yeah, I assume, well, from the, first, the second part of the question, it's it's somebody who's a PAV attorney for his mother. It depends on mom. If, is mom mentally competent? Is she able to handle things? If she says no, I would say no. If she says yes, then I would give the, uh, you know, the statements to the, to the siblings. I think it's always good as much as possible not to have secrets. Do you want to read the second part of the question because it is related? The second part is, should I do a QuickBooks ledger report quarterly for the family to see how mom's finances are being spent by me for her care? Yeah, again, if mom's mentally competent with her permission, yes. I would keep the QuickBooks records because it's always good to have good records. At any point, if something happens to mom, one of the siblings could probably demand in court an accounting of how things are gone. So the, the better records you keep the better will be in the long run. So yes, keep good records. Whether you disclose everything right away, I, a lot depends on where mom is. Is mom saying no? You know, a lot of mothers would say, hey, my kids don't know about my finances until after I'm gone. You're the PAV attorney. Nobody else would know about it. So it's mom's privacy that, you know, that takes effect, number one. But yes, always keep good records and always be prepared to answer those questions in, in the future. Now, Beth, you have another question, right? I do. This question is from George, and it's, Dear Mr. Connors, can I get a reverse mortgage if my house is in a trust? Yeah, the answer to that question is a short one is yes. Now, not every mortgage company will give you a mortgage if your house is in a trust. But if you speak to one of our sponsors, Frank Melia, he can tell you how he can get a mortgage on a trust. And Beth, what's his phone number again? Okay, Frank Melia, 516-208-4238, 516-208-5238. And he's at Quantic Bank, and that's at 425 Broad Hollow Road, Melville, New York. But he'll travel to wherever. So if you want, and he'll go to one of our offices to talk to our clients. So if you're one of our clients in, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, Bayside, Queens, Middle Village, Queens, Staten Island, or Manhattan, he'll come to the office to talk to you. And there's no no obligation on the first conversation. You know, he'll talk to you about whether reverse mortgage is right for you, what kind of different plans they have. So, and listen for his ad on our show each week, but uh, Frank Melia, and he can walk you through how you can get a loan on your property being in a trust. Now, each week, Kevin McCullough takes a question from our audience, and he plays that question on his local show from five o'clock each Monday through Friday. Of course, he has an extended hour on Wednesdays with uh, John Katsimatidis. And he also has a national show, which plays on 570 The Mission from Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time in New York. And he's been very gracious in having some of our friends on his show over the last few weeks. But thank you again, Kevin. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we promise you we'll get a question answered from Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Law Firm, the experts in elder care and estate law, uh, unlike uh, no other here in the uh, tri-state area. And Mike, this week's question comes from Erica from Brooklyn. She says, I was told that I may need to set up a special needs trust for my developmentally disabled daughter who happens to be 33 years of age and is on Medicaid. What does that mean, and how can I accomplish it? Mike Connors. 
Okay, basically a special needs trust or a supplemental needs trust is a trust where you can establish where you can leave assets in the care of a disabled child and will not interfere with their benefits such as Medicaid. We need somebody else to manage the trust for that developmentally disabled daughter, but that's basically the point. Now, how can you accomplish it? We can do it in your will depending on your age and your health. So you say whatever I leave to my daughter who's on Medicaid is left in a supplemental needs trust, a special needs trust, or you can set up a trust and put money aside, you know, at present, you know, set up an account, trust for your daughter, put the money in there now. So it's an option. There are different things, different ways to get to the same goal. As you always say, Mike, the most important thing is to understand what your options are and to get educated on them. And, friends, I don't know of a better way to do that than to just call Mike's office, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. His entire talented team uh, at disposal uh, just to help you with such things, 718-238-6500. You can also send Mike a question. Maybe you've got one. Ask Mike Connors at gmail.com. Ask Mike Connors at gmail.com and then be listening for the answers to your questions uh, both here on Kevin McCullough Radio on Thursdays but also on Ask the Lawyer which airs uh, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 570 The Mission and FM 102.3 and Sunday mornings beginning at 11 on AM 970 The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Today we're going to have a, two very interesting guests, Father Paul Balicki from the Middle East, Capuchin Friar, who runs a medical mission for the Christians in, in the Middle East. And one guest we've had before, Admiral James Stravitas, and, and he's Greek-American. Mike, he talks about a, an admiral from the Peloponnesian Wars, Themistocles. Did you know anything about him? Uh, vaguely, I remember from back in my uh, college days okay. uh, at Binghamton University. So he had, he had kind of a tragic life. Oh, it was awful. He wins this great battle for the Athenians, and what do they do? There's some political kerfuffle, and he gets banished to across the seas. I mean, I know this happened all the time, but good grief. One of the interesting things is, is you know, the, the war between East and West didn't start in the last 20, 30 years. It was, it's been going around for thousands of years. And I think that's one of the lessons, you know, of history. There's always been that conflict between East and West. And well, particularly, I mean, the Greeks, God bless them, the value of the individual, the worth of the individual um, versus the, the despots of the East. Now, you had Cyrus and all these great rulers, but it's... You always had serfs. You didn't have... Now, I know democracy can be chaos. Yes, they do banish people when you least expect it. But there's something... When the Spartans gave up their lives at Thermopylae, you do not have the Eastern soldiers willing to do that because they weren't fighting for themselves. They were fighting for a ruler. Each... One of those Spartans, were, they were fighting for themselves, individually, for their families. That's a Western concept versus an Eastern. Okay, so we're going to be talking to Admiral James Stravitas, who is former Allied commander of NATO. 
For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, December 2nd at the Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 3rd Avenue in Brooklyn, New York at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And then on Thursday, December 5th at The Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. That's connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors & Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit ccbq.org. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Most of you know on the show, we spend an awful lot of time talking about generals in history. And, you know, to be honest with you, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about admirals. But we're going to help correct that today. We have Admiral James Stravitas on, and he's got a book out, Sailing True North, 10 Admirals and the Voyage of Character. Welcome to Connor's Corner. Great to be on with you, Mike. You've got 10 admirals in there. Who do you start off with? Well, let's start with the premise of the book. It's a book about the sweep of leadership uh, because admirals are great leaders. They lead hundreds of thousands of people into epic battles uh, from World War II to the ancient Greeks. But, you know, that big door of leadership, Mike, it swings on a small hinge, and that hinge is character. It's that voyage of the human heart. And so what I tried to do in sailing true north was pick 10 admirals over 2,500 years and do a short chapter on each of them and then pull out the attributes of character that made them particularly effective. And so to dive right into it, if you want the iconic American admiral, it would be Fleet Admiral Chester Nimitz, five-star admiral, going to be a new film coming out uh, very shortly about the Battle of Midway, which he led. And it is also an amazing story of resilience. He takes command of the Pacific Fleet uh, when it's a smoking ruin in front of him a couple of days after Pearl Harbor. He's standing on the deck of a diesel submarine when he takes command and methodically, quietly, self-confident, he builds the fleet back and ends up winning, of course, the Second World War in the Pacific against the Japanese Empire. It's an amazing story. You know, you might want to just recount, I mean, 
at that time when he took command, what was the state of the U.S. naval forces in the Pacific? They were uh, either destroyed or on the run. So the battleships, the, the pride of the fleet, the absolute heart of the Pacific fleet, were literally smoking ruins on the bottom of Pearl Harbor. And uh, anyone who ever has a chance to go visit Pearl Harbor, you can see USS Arizona, which is still entombed, if you will, at the bottom of Pearl Harbor. Um, the carriers were out at sea trying to dodge the Japanese fleet. Basically, the only thing left in the harbor were some destroyers and some diesel submarines. And he took command standing on the deck of one of these tiny diesel submarines. Uh, and then he literally puts it all back together. He works with this incredible cast of egotistical characters from uh, Admiral Bull Halsey to General Douglas MacArthur. He builds a team. And, and they go step by step back across the Pacific to defeat Japan. Now, let me ask you something. Why do a lot of us who follow history know an awful lot about Douglas MacArthur, but not that much about Justice Nimitz? Why is that? I think you hit it early on. There's a, a tendency to sort of value generals, and uh, and that's okay. Generals fight epic battles and are great patriots and uh, are brilliant tacticians. I, I think when historians study and write uh, battle scenes, there's an attraction to the fact of a battle on land is so varied. It can be in the mountains. It can be in the deserts. It can be uh, across the plains of Europe. It can, it can be a thousand different settings, whereas a sea battle is it's just at sea. And I think as a result, there's more interest, more kind of human interest in story and narrative when you talk about Hannibal taking his elephants and going over the Alps and attacking Rome, or you look at a, a general uh, in this American Civil War and look at the Battle of Gettysburg with uh, Lee and, and Grant facing off there across uh, across that battlefield. It, it, it's got more story and narrative to it, I think, than sea battles. What other admiral do you think we should focus on today that you, you think is an exceptional story? They're all exceptional stories if you're only picking 10 from history. We know that. Yeah, let me, because I'm Greek-American, I'm required to throw something good in for the Greeks. So let's okay. go back 2,500 years ago to Themistocles, who wins an epic existential battle. It's called the, the Battle of Salamis, which is when the Persian Empire, the Iranians of today, are seeking to choke off this very young Greek democracy. The Greeks are outnumbered five to one. Themistocles inspires his men deeply, tells them, tomorrow you must go out and row for freedom. All the Greeks are free men rowing in these triremes. The uh, Persians, on the other hand, are mostly slaves and conscripts. They destroy the Persian fleet. They save Greece. It's an extraordinary story. But here's the, the denouement is that afterwards, Themistocles becomes very arrogant, very full of himself. It's a character flaw. And ultimately, Mike, he is, he is exiled, he's banished, and he ends up in the court of the Persian emperor, Xerxes. It's a, it's a Greek tragedy in every sense of the word. And there are a lot of lessons there. In life, we can succeed in enormous ways in our lives, but if you become arrogant and full of yourself, generally bad things will happen going forward. And that's kind of what we try to do in Sailing True North is look at these admirals, tell their story, but then 
how does that help us on this tricky inner voyage of character? You mentioned the great Chinese admiral, which I really don't know that much about. I've heard a story here, though. Why did you include him? Uh, this is Admiral Zheng He He sails in the early 1400s in these massive treasure ships built by the Chinese. To give you a perspective on it, uh, Christopher Columbus, a hundred years after Admiral Zheng He, will be sailing in a ship one-fifth the size of the great treasure arcs of China. I put him in there uh, for kind of a tragic reason, I suppose. He, he starts life as a slave. He's captured as a young Mongol boy, and he's castrated. So he begins life as a slave, as a castrado, and yet he goes on to be the greatest admiral in Chinese history. He leads voyages from China through the Indian Ocean to Arabia to Africa. He's an extraordinary explorer. Um, but I love the resilience of his story to, to claw his way out of a situation in which he found himself to lead uh, the naval forces of a world power. It's it's really quite a story. Now, Admiral, what what admirals do you write about in you know the the later part of the 20th century, and what lessons do they have for us? Yeah, so as as the book Sailing True North comes along, I end up with uh, three admirals right at the end of the 20th century. One is a man named Hyman Rickover, who's an immigrant. He's Jewish. He's a very small man physically, but he burns with a fierce determination. He's a brilliant engineer, and he uh, drags the Navy into the nuclear age. We have nuclear-powered carriers and submarines today because of Hyman Rickover, but he's also a very angry, demanding leader, so decisive but very hard on his subordinates. And, and quite an illuminating character study. Second is Admiral Zumwalt, who comes out of Vietnam, where he's a three-star. He leaps over all the other admirals, becomes the chief of naval operation, the four-star. And in the 1970s, he really pulls the Navy forward in integration. And uh, he fixes not the technology of the Navy, but if you will, the sociology, the leadership he ends segregation in the Navy. He listens to sailors on the deck plates. He's a very compassionate leader and kind of an angel of change. And the last one is the Admiral I would most like to snap my fingers, bring her back to life, and have a beer with her. Her name was Grace Hopper, and she was a tiny little woman, brilliant PhD in mathematics from Yale University. World War II comes. She finally claws her way into the Navy, and we put her in charge of computers in the very early stages. She invents the language of COBOL. She changes everything about the Navy's approach to a digitized fleet. And what she brings to the Navy in the latter stages of the 20th century is technology. She is the mother of COBOL and the mother of computer science in the Navy. So three great admirals. Um, all of them had their flaws but all of them have lessons for each one of us. That's what we try and pull out of Sailing True North. One last point to get across. You, you write about you almost killed bin Laden. He almost killed you. Can you go into yeah. that for the audience? Yeah, I can. Um, so when I was a captain in my 40s, I got a mission to launch a bunch of tomahawks at this, at the time, little-known terrorist named bin Laden. He was at a bunch of training camps in Pakistan, he had blown up two American embassies, and my missiles just missed him, missed by a matter of minutes because the Pakistanis tipped off bin Laden. Um, flash forward to 9-11, and I was in the Pentagon on the side of the Pentagon 
where the airplane hit. I actually saw the airplane hit. It hit about 150 feet to my right. And I'm only talking to you on the radio today because I was up on the fourth deck and it hit the second deck going down. And again, it was 150 feet to the right. So I got my shot at bin Laden. He got a shot at me. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm still standing because our outstanding Navy SEALs uh, captured and killed him ultimately. Admiral, thank you for your contribution to, to history. The name of the book, Sailing True North, 10 Admirals and the Voyage of Character. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner, Admiral. Great being on with you, Mike. Thanks. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Presently, we're, right now, we have one of our favorite guests, uh, people in the audience <laughs> always ask about. What are you laughing about? Father Paul, Capuchin Friar from the Middle East. And, and Father, how are you doing? Uh, well, hello to all of you. Thanks for having me again. Uh, I'm, doing, uh, uh, I'm doing partly okay, but I'll tell you why only partly. Right. Okay. But hello to everyone, to all hello. our uh, lovely friends. Hello to everyone, to you, Beth, Mr. Chris. Um, we have to be brave, so uh, yeah, well, let's see how it goes. Well, you're having to leave us earlier than usual. You know, we weren't expecting Correct. you to leave until December, but what's going on? Correct. So uh, I'm, I'm sure you know that we have a, a political crisis in Lebanon for uh, uh, for, for quite some time because the, the government resigned 
Hezbollah decided to take over, you know, the power. So we've seen it all before, late 80s, early 90s, what, what happens when you have uh, such a disastrous uh, political um, environment in Lebanon. So what I'm afraid of is, especially my, my bishop who told me, well, we need you back, uh, because for many reasons, the security of people is, is um, in danger. Uh, Christ, Christian communities, especially the northern part, uh, closer to the Syrian border, are not secured at all. All my medical equipment is in danger because usually when we have um, when we have the time when when there is no legitimate power involved, um, people they are doing bad things, and I've seen it all for almost 19 years of being in Lebanon. So I think uh, the reason why I have to go back because uh, I'm afraid that for some uh, Christian communities, some Christian friends that I am with for so long. Uh, they, I think they need me, and, and I think also I'm, I'm kind of worried about the medical center that we have and medical equipment. I don't want all this to, to just disappear, uh, given the political situation. So every, everyone is on the streets now in Lebanon. We have one demonstration after another, so it's a tough time for everyone in Lebanon. That's, that's kind of a sad moment, to be honest with you. Let me ask you something, because let's go back. Hezbollah. Yes. I think a lot of people in the United States, they've heard the name, but they really don't know what Hezbollah is. What is Hezbollah? So Hezbollah, it's, um, it's a, a political movement. They call themselves um, uh, South Lebanon Protectors. Hezbollah in Arabic language means the party of God. Um, but the thing is uh, that we do have a Lebanese army um, in place so they can protect us all day long. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that Hezbollah has more uh, political and military power than the Lebanese army. So um, having uh, said that, the concept of Hezbollah was at the beginning to protect the southern part of Lebanon from being invaded by Israel. But now it looks like Hezbollah is, is kind of going a little bit farther and they would like to kind of, you know, um, they would like to organize the whole country um, by their rules. Uh, and that's going to be very um, dangerous for our Christian communities. And uh, especially, you know, we know Hezbollah is related to Iran and a lot of money from Iran are coming to Hezbollah. So I think at some point it's uh, it's a very complicated situation. We would like to have a legit the government and prime minister and president instead of uh, just Hezbollah ruling the, the country. May I ask a question? Is uh, yes. if, if if Hezbollah, if it if they're in charge, I mean, does that mean it's Sharia law or is there something else? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. We, we already have so many restrictions and rules to follow up with. But that being said, yes, it's going to be more uh, more conservative, very uh, kind of religiously oriented uh, uh, political system, uh, well, similar to what they have in Iran. And, you know, if Iran pays, Iran requests things at the same time. I, I know this may sound very simple to you, but a lot of us in, in the States, they really don't understand the political dynamics of what's going on. Who's aligned to Saudi Arabia? Who's aligned to Iran? And who are the players in your part of the world? So, yes. So uh, Hezbollah, it's all about Iran. They are supported by Iran. They are subsidized by Iran. Uh, the whole deal uh, of, of Hezbollah to to be economically quite strong is thanks to uh, to, um, to Iran. 
Saudis, what they try to do, they try to kind of um, organize their stuff with some political leaders in Lebanon. But the thing is that Saudis, they have no more, you know, power as they had before, especially not in Lebanon. And also important to say, officially, Lebanon has no, um, you know, natural sources. We don't have gas. We don't have petrol which means we are not really on the top of, of the interest uh, for many, uh, you know, uh, big powers. But what's going on in Lebanon, it's kind of divided because, you know, we've been, um, we've been under Syrian control for so long, for 40 couple of years. Saudis, they try to economically, you know, kind of, you know, control Lebanon. Hezbollah politically uh, try to do uh, their own business. So Lebanon has a very uh, particular position now, which means... Uh, uh, it's kind of torn uh, between between uh, pro-Syrian, pro-Saudis, pro-Iran slash Hezbollah. So it's hard for for also for Christians to stay kind of you know focused and and see uh, where should you go with. I truly believe uh, because the president is a, he's a Maronite that his power should be a little bit more stronger. I, I think and the cooperation with the parliament and the prime minister who just resigned wasn't really the best cooperation either. So I think if if, if uh, all those, you know, um, uh, foreign powers would like to um, have a peace in Lebanon, they should kind of sit down and see what's best for people. That's why people are demonstrating because they're like sick and tired of, of the whole situation. Imagine that we have six hours of electricity and imagine that, you know, even your food provisions and, and stuff, it's limited. Imagine that you have children. Imagine that you, you still have no job because, you know, the country is somehow involved in, 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 in many kind of political discourse. But uh, no one is talking about the economy of the country. No one is talking about the future for those people. And the Christian community is involved, of course, but because, you know, um, especially the northern part uh, from Beirut up to the north, it's, it's also about Christians. So um, I'm afraid that we are in the middle of kind of um, uh, of, of the moment when uh, people are deciding now on the street, will they go with Hezbollah or will they go with anyone who's going to help them to get better? So that's the, that's the division that they, that they have on the street, pro-Hezbollah or pro kind of, you know, Western trajectory of thought. So let's see how it goes. It's, it's not easy, to be honest with you. Is there anyone that is, um, is there a coalition against Hezbollah? You know, you're saying they have um, yeah. essentially an army. Is the Lebanese yeah, army? The Liban- yeah, absolutely. The Lebanese army, dear Beth, the Lebanese army should be the one to keep uh, control over uh, many things. But military speaking, they don't have... Uh, you know, they're not subsidized. They have no so much power, you know, to do so. And Hezbollah is well aware of this. And that's the problem. You know, it's it's all about money at the end of the day. If they have more, if Hezbollah has more military equipment than the Lebanese army. Well, that being said, if we do the math, well, who's afraid of whom, you know? So sadly, that's what's happening. And so now on the streets, people are kind of fighting for themselves because they're tired of of being afraid of, 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 of Hezbollah or anyone who's against the, the Lebanese population, nation. Well, is, is the, the turmoil in Syria now, is that just making it worse? Uh, I think the, the situation in, between Syria and Turkey, that's also a problem because, you know, we have those two big countries and somehow uh, they are in, um, I'll say, in kind of a political fight. Of course, it, it, it gives 
the Lebanese government uh, or ex-government limited options. But again, I still remember someone told me that peace is very expensive in Lebanon. So, you know, there's, uh, there's armed dealers, you know, uh, all, all those people, they're like circulating now in, in Beirut to, to, you know, make a deal in business. But they forgot that people on the street, they, they're looking for just for a better future, for something, you know, better than that. Especially the Christian community, you know, can you believe it that sometimes because you're a Christian, there's a problem to get a job or to, to kind of be recognized by, by the government. So uh, that's something that I've been uh, kind of observing for, for years. Let's step back, because obviously a lot yes. of our listeners, every time I go out, people ask me, how's Father Paul doing? But at the same time... Thank you some, so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes there's some people out there have no idea who you are. Can you just describe, I mean, give a little bit of your background. One, you're a Capuchin of friar. Course. And what is that? Of course. So first, I am a thief, which means I'm stealing uh, despair from people, and I switch it to hope. So that's my first thing. The second one, I'm a Capuchin friar, which is a Franciscan movement. So uh, St. Francis from Assisi, he was the one who started that whole Franciscan idea of being uh, being with people, not just to, to preach and, and uh, school people about spiritual life, but be with people. So as a Capuchin friar, that's what we try to do. Um, uh, at some point, um, God was so gracious to me, so he, he asked me to be a physician, so I am. And uh, yeah, so I think being a physician and priest and, and a kind of positive uh, thief—that's uh, who am I? That's that's me. Okay. And how long have you been in the Middle East now? I started in 2001 officially. In 2000, I moved to Lebanon. 2001, I started officially. So it was Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. So um, quite a long time, to be honest with you. When you first arrived, was it a safer place? It was, I wouldn't say it was safer, but it was the safety was kind of a good future we looked for. Uh, now what I see is getting worse because we don't have a government. We don't have people to to govern. So uh, that's, that's the problem. We have people on the street fighting. So that's something that gets us into that very negative mood. Uh, what's going to happen next. And what is your mission? What do you do? What's your job? So, uh, yeah, so uh, medical health, for, especially for Christians, because uh, uh, any medical uh, intervention or medical help, in, 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 especially in, in some Lebanese villages, it's, um, you know, it's a hustle. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's hard to, to organize. So, so we decided in 2004 slash 2005 to create that medical uh, center so we can um, accept Christians for any medical help for free. They don't have to pay for that. And and so they don't have to kind of, you know, be uh, stressed uh, about it. And uh, so, yeah, I would say the the main purpose of our presence is to help people from that medical uh, uh, side of life. And of course, if they need the spiritual guidance or help, of course, we are uh, happy to, to do so. But uh, the whole day, it's, it's all about helping Christians um, who have some, some uh, medical issues. So they cannot, so they don't have to feel like stressed uh, or upset. They don't have to pay for So that's a relief. That's what we do. You're saying you may have to move your, to guard your, your clinic, your medical supplies. Where, yes. would, where would you move them? 
Uh, I think uh, we have only two options. Um, go, it's it's going up to the mountain area, which is way harder to to get access to, because I've seen it all in 2006, 2008, especially when we, we were at war with with Israel. So for for some many reasons, you know, some people they think that that medical equipment we have it, it's it's very it's gold or it's silver, but it's not. It looks nice, but it's not actually the, the 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 thing that you can just sell and have uh, a lot of dollars from that. So, um, in order to to protect that, especially when I was in 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 contact with my bishop, we decided to move it to the northern part of of Lebanon, which is the the, the mountain area where we can just hide it. We have few private houses where families are, and they will they will keep it safe until the situation will be solved in Lebanon. That's why we, we have to hide it. Okay. it. It's interesting, 21st century, but we have to hide the medical equipment that actually is for Lebanese people. We have to hide it from other Lebanese people because they would like to steal it or use it against us. Okay. It's a very uncomfortable situation. And then yesterday we've had a huge manifestation in Beirut, uh, people against Hezbollah and pro-Hezbollah. So it wasn't, uh, happily, it was... Uh, it was really violent, but there is a tension, so we never know what's going to happen next. So that's why I have to go quickly and, and double-check by myself what's going on and what should we do. It doesn't look well. What can I tell you? I'm usually no, positive, but it doesn't, it doesn't look well. well I try to keep my hope alive. Okay, we mm. need to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Absolutely. Ask the Lawyer. Of course. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. When a desperate parent calls YCS seeking help for their child with special needs... We are there to answer the call. Our staff provides compassionate care to children affected by trauma, autism, or developmental disabilities. Can you help us provide the services needed to keep families together? Find out how you, your company, or organization can volunteer. Learn more at YCS.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. And Father Paul from the Middle East. Father, last time we, were, we met, we were talking about President Trump and some of his speeches. And I know you admired a couple of his speeches. You want to comment on that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So the very first one I am uh, a big fan of is the one he, he made in Normandy to celebrate the end of the World War II when he said that patriotism, it's still a good thing, that patriotism is all about taking care of your own country and protecting your own country and, and, and your people. 
And I think I, I found it fascinating because many times, especially these days, patriotism is kind of misunderstood as a nationalism, which is totally different concept. And I, I, I think when he when he kind of showed us in his speech in Normandy that uh, it, it's all about how you how you take care of your own house, of your own home, of your own family. This is the patriotism that that we should follow up with. And that kind of patriotism he, he was uh, analyzing through that speech uh, to celebrate also veterans. What I, what I love ab- about him and, and about this event that he was always celebrating veterans. And I think I found it kind of fascinating. The second speech he gave was, was uh, not, not a long time ago, a few weeks ago at the UN, the United Nations for the General Assembly about the religious freedom. And it's interesting because... Uh, you know, uh, few, um, the previous um, presidents, they were always like, you know, very Christian oriented, but no one was talking about religious freedom. And and now we have Donald, uh, President Donald Trump, who, who is actually uh, jumping into that topic. And what I liked about that, that speech is that actually he addressed that issue to so many people at the same time, especially to those countries where religious freedom doesn't exist. Uh, it can be Middle East. It can be, you know, at some point, some European countries like Belgium, where where you have some areas where Christians are kind of, you know, in danger. So, and it's a European country. So the speech about religious freedom was all about that there is there is a variety, uh, there is a variety of of people, the way they believe, but it's all about at the end of the day, it's all about that that image of God that we have that we follow up with and we, we admire and we accept in our life. And religious freedom, it's about that freedom of um, uh, worshiping, of celebrating the one who created us. And imagine he, he said that in front of all those, you know, fancy ambassadors and, and uh, ministers and stuff, but uh, uh, he was actually a, a preacher for, for, for that moment. And I, I truly admire it because, you know, we tend to forget that being baptized, that means we are preachers at the same time. We are celebrating the presence of God in our life. So he did it in a beautiful way. And, you know, it's interesting that media, they were more focusing on, like, you know, he was running late or it was too long. But the content itself, he was, I think he was kind of uh, talking to, especially to some some countries where that uh, um, religious freedom doesn't exist. And maybe people will start to think, how about this and how about that? But the idea of worshiping God in such a different way, uh, that's that's what I really liked about that. No one is imprisoned in one definition or in one concept. But at the end of the day, we want to be good people. Now, let me ask you something. If people wanted to contribute yes. to your mission, how do they do that? You can always call our office, but that's... I know they saying. can always, of course, call you or send you send you by mail a check in the memo section. They can write uh, Paul Bielecki, Father Paul Bielecki mission. They can also um, they can also email me because at some point my email is is easy Beirut Paul at gmail dot com. So how do you spell Paul? Uh, P A U L Beirut Paul at gmail.com so uh but first and foremost i i think the easiest way will be uh just to think about us you know because yes financially we are broke in lebanon but we also need people to to talk about us to think about us it's a it's like a warming feeling that may may help us to survive another day 
uh, that's what I'm kind of, you know, willing to, to go for. But for any financial help, yes, that would be great, especially now because it looks like you're running out of options. So your help will be very much appreciated, my friends, whoever is listening to us. And yes, Mr. Connors, you'll be very, very busy because if, if, if people will reach out to you, I feel sorry for you, but we will canonize you. <laughs> the moment no. I'll be the Pope, I will canonize you and Beth for all so, so much help that you are, uh, you are giving us. Can you canonize a Methodist? <laughs> well, of I'll, course we will. I'll, wait out, pick I'll be the specific. Pope, my friend, I can canonize apparently whoever I want. So well, you're on, on the top of my list. Well, Let's listen, keep it open, like wait, an open option. That's it. Well, see, my thing is you don't have to make it specific about I mean, anyone can be a saint. We don't have yes. to, you know, Absolutely, anyone and yes. everyone can be a saint. But Absolutely. I tell you, listen, I tell you, Father Paul, we have a wonderful audience, and I am sure they will be praying for you and praying for your mission and praying for the Christians in Lebanon thank because you so much. they are good. Good. I, I can't thank our audience enough. So you will always thank be you in so our much. Prayers. It's very helpful, Beth. You know, it's very helpful to to be well surrounded because especially these days life is getting kind of crazy, but it's good to hear it because we need, we need good people around. We need some good actions, good deeds. So thank you so much for that. Well, we love you so much and we are, are sorry. I love you too, my friends. Listen, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go back because you're going to be in danger. So at some point, yes. So I need your prayers, my friends. I truly need them. All right, Father, best luck for the future, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Thank you. Father Paul, again, if you want to check our radio website, you can check Father Paul's mission and get some more information on where to contribute to his mission. And, and if you have some extra cash, please do so. Again, thank, thanks again to Admiral Stravitas. And, you know, Mike, I know you're Greek, so did you learn anything about Greek history? I did. I did. Um, actually, I uh, back in college, I was a uh, history minor, so I studied a little bit of Greek of history relating to Greeks, uh, but um, I'm hoping, you know, I'm currently learning more. Now, before you joined Connors and Sullivan, what was your job? So I was a prosecutor for eight years. I was uh, five, I was five years, I was at the Bronx County District Attorney's Office and three years at the Richmond County District Attorney's Office. You've been in Connors and Sullivan how long now? It's been about three months. Okay. Oh my goodness. Nice. Nice. <laughs> now, of course, we've had Nicole Maliotakis, you know, on our show more than a few times and she's in the assembly right now, and she's running for the Congress against Max Rose, which Max Rose declared for impeachment uh, a little while ago. So hopefully we can get rid of him. But who's going to take Nicole's spot, Mike? So I am actually running uh, for that position. Uh, Nicole is uh, supporting me uh, to uh, take her uh, position in the assembly uh, as she runs for the congressional seat. Okay. Do you have any events coming up you want to tell the audience? Uh, actually, at this point, what I'm doing is I'm getting myself out to the community. I'm attending different events in uh, both Bay Ridge uh, and in Staten Island. Uh, but I will. I am in the midst of organizing certain events that I will be putting out there. Uh, you could find out information for those events at my Facebook page, which is Michael Tanousis for Assembly. That's Tanousis, T-A-N-N-O-U-S-I-S for Assembly on Facebook and my website, uh, MikeTenusis.com. 
Okay, and don't forget Nicole Maliotakis for Congress. And, you know, speaking of that, we there was an event held by the radio station about a week or so ago where Nicole was at with some other members of uh, other people running for congressional seats around the, the New York City area, hosted by Kevin McCullough. And we're fortunate enough that uh, Donald Trump Jr. showed up. It was great. We had the best time. I think we had the best table in the house. We were right up front. And um, Kevin, thank you so much. I know it's not easy. Um, all the big dogs from the radio station were there. Um, Mr. Katzmatidis was there with his um family, and it was really, really a nice event. It's important to vote. You know, somebody asked me the other day, congressional elections, uh, they're, they're really not that important, are they? And, you know, because they're really just local elections. But today's world, we've got to take back the House next year. Otherwise, look at the impeachment stuff that's going on right now. And we're going to be in trouble if the, if the Democrats are in charge of the House for another The problem, years. everything stops. Everything, all the good work stops. So too much, too much politicking, too much partisan politicking. You know, if you say, hey, I want to learn more about estate planning. Well, hell, you can do that. You can call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to be doing seminars in Queens and Brooklyn in December. And we take a break for the winter. But if you have a group that you want us to speak to, and listen, no group's too small, you can give us a call. We do seminars for -for not-for-profits, senior citizen centers, churches, whatever. So if you want to schedule an appointment, give us about two months' notice. But we'll be glad to go to your church, synagogue, not-for-profit. Give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Thank you to our guests today. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. Bye-bye. Bye. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. the lawyer friends and listeners you can attend any of connor's and sullivan's free seminars on elder law medicaid wills and estate planning and more yes it's all free so come to connor's and sullivan's free seminars on monday december 2nd at the greenhouse cafe 7717 third avenue in brooklyn new york at 11 a.m 3 p.m and 7 p.m and then on thursday december 5th at the adria 221-17 northern boulevard in bayside queens at 11 a.m 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors and Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan. Plan now for later. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.